Once upon a time, there were four little rabbits. How old are you, Johnny? She asked. Sixteen. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. A wise old king once said, Of the making of books, there is no end. How true today. Of the overabundance of writing published each year, what's worth reading? The answer is simple. Read only the best. Come join the discussion on Just the Best Literature. Hello again, everyone. Thanks for listening in today. Well, in our last two podcasts, our panel completed discussion of Youth by Joseph Conrad. Now, this acclaimed short story was first printed in a magazine. Of course, then it's been uh, republished and republished uh, uh, over and over again because it's it's a really considered a great story. It's it's really a good story for high school students, especially. Now, it was also in this story that I think it was Conrad's means to introduce the character Marlowe. Now, Marlowe is the protagonist and the storyteller in his novella, Heart of Darkness. So what I want to do for today's program, and likely this will slip into the next, I'm going to give you some necessary background to help you better understand Heart of Darkness. I have to admit, it's probably one of my favorites of uh, Joseph Conrad. Now, one of the things that we're going to see as we get into this story, we're going to see there is a big change in Marlowe. Now, if you remember, when, uh, when I started this series, I told you I wanted to devote this series to three of Conrad's works. And, of course, the first one is Youth, the second one is Heart of Darkness, and the third one is Lord Jim. Now, all of these stories feature Marlowe. Now, there is another novel that I'm not going to include. It's called Chance, and it also has Marlowe in that one. But uh, we're going to limit this uh, Conrad series to just three. Now, at that time, when, when I introduced the series, I established that I wanted to track Conrad's development of Marlowe's character because it really is partly autobiographical. And we are, we are getting, uh, I think, a, a deep view of Conrad. Now, uh, uh, we'll, we'll just continue with this here in a minute now. But there is a marked difference in the Marlowe we see in youth from the Marlowe that we will see in Heart of Darkness. Now, I even want to read to you, this is, this is his own, let's say, uh, his author's note about, and he mentions both, both stories uh, here, by the way, and I'm going to read you one of the quotes right now. And uh, uh, even, even Conrad agrees that these stories are partly autobiographical. Now, in, in many ways, he is, he is like William Shakespeare. He kind of bends the history of things, and he embellishes certain things just to bring it out in a story. But, uh, but if you really look at it, the structure of his life is behind it all. And so uh, uh, here's what he has to say. This is uh, from his author's note about... Youth, he says, one more, one more remark may be added. Youth is a feat of memory. And so he's saying, look, this is, uh, you know, he, he experienced what uh, happened during youth at, when he was really a young man. He said, it's a record of experience, but that experience in its facts, in its inwardness and in its outward coloring begins and ends in myself. And so, so he's admitting that, yes, these, these uh, stories are autobiographical. Now, again, not all the facts are true um, in, in each story, so we'll, we'll go through that 
And uh, even as we get into Heart of Darkness, I, I uh, definitely hearken back to to youth. And uh, I think what I'm going to do is do a little more work at showing you uh, the facts of both youth and Heart of Darkness that really do point out his life. That's the whole idea behind this series. Now he says, um, he says, um, in Heart of Darkness is experienced too, he continues, but it is experienced pushed a little and only very little beyond the actual facts of the case for the perfectly legitimate, I believe, purpose of bringing it home to the minds and bosoms of the readers. And so, so he admits that both these stories are literally autobiographical and that, that uh, we know that he was a merchant marine, I guess you could say, or a merchant seaman, and um, uh, he did love the sea. And it is interesting that uh, when we discuss this program, I'm going to show you where uh, even Conrad feels he had two lives. He had the life as a seaman, which he did uh, you know, end at a certain point in his life. But uh, he also, uh, when he was experiencing what Marlowe experiences in Heart of Darkness, he actually began writing. And so, so that's his two lives. You know, he had, he had the life of a seaman, and then he had the life of a writer or an author. And so, so it is really kind of, uh, you know, very different, I think. But, but you can see where... Um, you know, this is how writers develop their ability to write. They have to have experience. Now, if you remember back to uh, to youth, and hopefully you do remember, it wasn't that long ago that we <laughs> we stopped our programs on it. it, it the Marlowe in youth is, uh, he's a 42-year-old. Uh, he's wistfully looking back on his first voyage as a second mate. Now, he's on a beleaguered ship, and the ship's name is the Judea. And uh, this beleaguered ship, it's like he has this romance with her because, well, she does so many dumb things in terms of can't even hardly get out of the, the you know, the docks of, of England. Uh, you know, for it was uh, actually, this happened to Marlowe on the Palestine. It was nine months. It took him nine months to get away from England to go to Bangkok. And so, uh, but eventually the Judea has so many problems. She's in and out of the, out of the ports. And then eventually she burns, <laughs> she burns up and I guess we could say drown or she burns up and sinks into the sea. And so, uh, but, but all of this gave Marlowe at this time and just gave him the chance to really, really work on his youth and really get challenged by his youth. And he had, he, it really glorifies the, the strength of youth. And, and uh, um, you know, he uh, also talks about Finally, towards the end, he admits that there's some some real bloopers that youth can do, and that the, you know you could have all the strength in the world, but there's still uh, those times when wow, you could just wish you never had made that decision. Now, uh, the the thing is, is uh, let me, let me just talk a little bit about this this Judea for a minute now, and and show you that you can see where Marlowe got a lot of his story for. The Judea is from his own life. So, so with with really youth, Marlowe or Conrad really is harkening back to the time he spent on the Palestine. Now, this ship, the Palestine, was also taking a load of coal to Bangkok. Now, the Palestine had trouble getting out or getting underway in England. It had it was leaving from England. 
um, you know, it, it uh, finally got out. It was on its way, you know, to Bangkok. It caught on fire. It was uh, towed by a steamer. And uh, the point is, the the steamer, uh, the, the, where, the, where the facts are different with the Palestine, when the steamer was pulling it and it was really getting inflamed, the, the steamer cut it loose because <laughs> the steamer didn't want to get in, on fire either. So, so you can see where the story is kind of, um, you know, changed around. But, uh, you know, Conrad embellishes the story of the Judea, but there is really no doubt that the, the structure behind youth is based on his experience on the Palestine. And if you wanted to look that up, you can actually look that up uh, on the Internet and you can get the full history. Now, the other thing, again, remember now in, in uh, youth, Marlowe uh, just is effusive. And it's almost sickening how he glories in the strength of youth. He just keeps coming back to that over and over and over again. Uh, you know, he extols youth's ability to meet these impossible challenges. And then, like I said, kind of in at the end, he mildly admits there's some folly and absurdity to the decisions of youth. But when we get into Heart of Darkness, now we find Marlowe or... Uh, he is far more complex than he is in youth. He is somber. He's introspective. He's meditative. Conrad even compares him to Buddha. And so, so it, is, it, it is really quite different. And uh, it's, it's more, I think, than just saying, well, kind of Marlowe has grown up. It's, uh, it's, it's more like Marlowe has really been deep beaten by life. And that's really what, what we're seeing. But also, we find that, that Marlowe is, uh, he he's really views the world, and he's studying the world, and he comes to some conclusions, let's say, that that would disillusion youth. And, uh, you know, it's it's really, you know, the very, the very next step, I think, in, let's say, a man's growth or maturity. You know, to, to a young person, well, life is just great. You know, I could get out there and meet the challenges, but until you you get some hard knocks, it's really hard to kind of see reality. And so, so we're going to meet a Marlowe in Heart of Darkness who, who really has some hard knocks. Now, here's here's what Joseph Conrad also says about Heart of Darkness, uh, as an author's note. He said, "Heart of Darkness." This is this is his own words. Heart of Darkness also received a certain amount of notice from the first. And of its origins, this much uh, may be said, it is well known that curious men go prying into all sorts of places where they have no business and come out of them with all kinds of spoil. And so, so with just that first sentence or two, you know, uh, Conrad is giving us one of the themes of Heart of Darkness. And, and the, the thing is, is we know that uh, uh, Conrad, from a young child, always wanted to go uh, to Africa, always wanted to go into the Congo. Uh, he did read a lot of stories about, you know, men that explored even the Arctic. And, you know, so he wanted to do all these things. Uh, but, but also, uh, in this book, in, in Heart of Darkness, it's not just about the sea, we really do get an insight into colonialism or imperialism. And, uh, of course, in this, in, in the heart of darkness, he really takes the task, 
it's the it's the Belgian company. Now we know that England also had a trouble, you know, with imperialism. But Conrad, Conrad could see that the goals, you know, the the ultimate goal of British imperialism was a little bit different than what happened in the Belgian Congo. And uh, uh, I, I even want to, as we go through this, I want to read to you from some of his diary. He called it the Congo Diary. And uh, you know, what, what he even saw when he went into the Congo, uh, he saw a lot of horrific things and, you know, the cruelty that was done to the indigenous peoples there. And so, so this all comes out in, in Heart of Darkness. But notice what he goes on to say. He says, uh, this story and one other, not in this volume, so he's talking about the volume where they put uh, Youth, Heart of Darkness, and Secret Sharer into the, into the same volume. And uh, he did approve all that, and, and actually helped edit it to get it all to get it all right. But but here, here's what he admits. He says, he said uh, this story and one other, not in this volume, all are the spoil I brought out from the center of Africa, where really I had no sort of business. And so so uh, you know, as we get into into Heart of Darkness, you're going to see one of the themes is the greed for ivory. And of course, we're going to we're going to see what that greed did to the character Kurtz. And uh, I think uh, even by the time we're done, we're going to see that even Marlowe begins to admit that you know even inside him there's some darkness. And so so that's that's one of the themes. So so this isn't necessarily your your uh, fairy tale kind of story. It it is a story that demands that even you, the reader, be introspective. He says, more ambitions in its scope and longer in, in the telling, Heart of Darkness is quite as authentic in fundamentals as youth. It is obviously written uh, in another mood. I won't characterize the mood precisely, but anyone can see that it is anything but the mood of wistful regret or reminiscent tenderness. <laughs> and, and so, so uh, you know, if, if you really uh, understand what, what he's doing in Heart of Darkness, uh, he's he's got some points he needs to make about the world, and of course he needs to make some points about what was happening, you know, in England and in Europe at that time. And remember, this is the the uh, like the late 1880s when he's writing these things, and of course imperialism was at its height. Queen Victoria was at her height of power, and uh, King Leopold from the Bel- uh, from the area of Belgium. Um, you know, he he actually got control of central the central continent of Africa. He, it's like he owned it. It's like he was its tyrant. And there's a lot of history there that I think, uh, you know, I want to help bring into the story at the same time. And so, so there there is a lot going on. Let's say when we get into this, this isn't going to be something where where uh, you know when you read about youth, it's kind of you know, inspiring, I think, uh, and I even mentioned this in some of the former programs, that even those of us that are aging, you know, we should still want to take on challenges. And, uh, you know, we should still want to improve ourselves and better ourselves. And, uh, uh, but also we have to be able to make, you know, wise decisions and realize, you know, we're not 19 again, even though I still claim in my mind, I feel like I'm 19. I'll tell everybody that. But then there are days when I realize uh, I'm not 19. Anyway, 
But, uh, you know, it, it is, it re- really is kind of fascinating, you know, what, what um, uh, Marlowe did. Now, his first novel was All May's Folly, and he actually began to, to write that as he was waiting to get a ship to go to the Congo. And so, you know, I'm going to read to you more from uh, G. Gene Aubrey. And, uh, you know, he has a great set of volumes, um, two volumes of, it's called Joseph Conrad, His Life and Letters. And so I, I think I promised at the very beginning of the series I would read uh, some of those letters to you. And, and we're going to start a little bit even today, not so much with letters, but, but some information from G. Gene Aubrey. So uh, there is in... Uh, uh, Heart of Darkness. There are some really deep themes. There's some deep symbolism, and uh, in in many ways, uh, Heart of Darkness is far denser than the themes and symbols in Youth. And uh, I just want to read this quote um, uh, from again from his uh, his author statement on the novel. Uh, he 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 talks here about he was talking about Youth. Now he's going to talk about uh, Heart of Darkness again. He said, there it was no longer a matter of sincere coloring. It was like another art altogether. That somber theme had to be given a sinister resonance, a tonality of its own, a continued vibration that I hoped would hang in the air and dwell on the ear after the last note had been struck. So, so when we get into Heart of Darkness, you're going to see that that uh, actually Conrad makes the story very dense. And, it, and uh, I, I find that a lot of my students really have trouble reading it. They really have trouble getting into it. And uh, uh, in many ways, uh, the story has multiple plots. It has amazing description. It explores uh, not only the heart of a continent, but it, is, it explores the dark hearts of men. And the thing is, is I, I really believe that that Conrad purposely writes this story as dense as an African forest. And, uh, and the reason he does that is he wants you to experience what it would be like to go into the Congo at the time he did. And, uh, you know, his, uh, his writing is not that easy, but, uh, you know, once you, you read it, and I, you know, I've read it now, what, four or five times, every time I read it, I see more in it. And so, uh, but, but it is, he wants you to be frustrated. It's like he, you know, he wants you to have a machete and he wants you to go into this, into this uh, African wilderness and try and cut a path through it. And, uh, you know, in, in some ways, uh, that's the way life is. In some ways, you have to be able, um, you know, to, to tackle life. You know, when you're a young person, you think, well, everything is just going to be rosy and cheery uh, the rest of the way. That isn't true. You know, sometimes there's, well, real trials and, and real tests. And so, uh, you know, we, we have to uh, uh, kind of grow up and say, okay, well, we can accept that. And, and maybe, uh, uh, you know, life isn't going to be so good for us, but we still have to go on. You know, and uh, uh, here's, here's a quote from, I want to read you a quote from Heart of Darkness just to show you, uh, maybe give you a, a little bit of what I mean by he writes so dense. So, so this is um, this is actually Mar- Marlowe, you know, telling the story. He says, uh, when when they arrive in the Congo, he says, land in a swamp, march through the woods, 
and in some inland posts feel the savagery, the utter savagery, had closed around him, and all that mysterious life of the wilderness that stirs in the forest, in the jungles, in the hearts of wild men. <laughs> and so, so uh, I don't think this is a dark story, uh, but I do think it, it does cause us to be very, very introspective. And so, um, uh, you know, hopefully you're on, <laughs> you're on for the ride. And uh, like I said, I know sometimes, you know, it's hard for students. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes people will, will even say to me, what's the point of all of that? You know, so, so, but anyway, I think there's a lot to it that actually can, uh, can help us improve our lives. All right, I do want to just spend a little bit of time now before, uh, before we run out of time here, and we're going to run out of time. <laughs> we always do. And uh, in some ways, half our podcasts are not that much fun. But uh, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, G. Jean Aubrey's book, and it's called Joseph Conrad's Life and Letters. And now this was written, you know, a long time ago, really for, uh, it was like the 1920s. And uh, it, it's, a, it's considered a rare book today. Now, if you wanted to get a copy of it, you can find it on abebooks.com. And it's going to cost, for the two-volume set, it's going to cost you, if you find a really good uh, set with a, in really good condition, it could be, uh, you know, as high as $50, $60 for the two sets. So, so you really have to want to read it to, to, um, to uh, invest that much money in it. But I think it's well worth it, and I am certainly, um, you know, enjoying it. The, the the thing the reason why I feel like uh, Gigi and Aubrey's book is important is it really does show that uh, that Marlowe is kind of a mask for Joseph Conrad himself, and uh, even as I read you that quote before, is as even Conrad feels that when he went in to the Congo and he went in as uh, you know uh, on the merchant ship, and uh, most of his job was to pack ivory on the ship and then bring it back into to Europe. And so, so the, the, the thing is, uh, that's where he goes into the point where he says, hey, there's things I probably shouldn't have been doing. I, you know, I didn't need to be there either. You know, and, but he said that, that in other words, uh, he compared himself with Kurtz. He didn't, he didn't try and leave with a lot of ivory, but what he brought out was all these ideas that he could use as a writer. And so, so that was good. But uh, one of the things that, that uh, Gigi and Aubrey brings out is that, that um, Conrad definitely was, you know, sailing merchant ships in the Australia area or in those waters of the east. And eventually uh, he did resign that command. And he actually uh, uh, did that on January 3rd, 1889. And so, so essentially... Um, what he did was that is that he went then into to Europe. Remember his, I, I think we covered some of this. His his uncle Thaddeus uh, was living in Poland, and uh, essentially what happened is when he came back to England, uh, because he had uh, remember his parents were, you know, Polish um, revolutionaries, and they had been you know in the gulags. That uh, when he left that area. You know the Russians really didn't want him back, and so uh, uh, 
But here's what uh, G. Jean Aubrey says. This is um, in chapter 7 of volume 2, and that this whole chapter is called In the Heart of Darkness. He says, There is no document which gives us the exact date of Conrad's return to Europe, but everything leads us to believe that he must have, must have arrived in London at the end of May or the beginning of June 1889. If he did not immediately go to Ukraine to see his uncle as he wished, it was because the formalities of the Russian administration were not yet completed. The release from his allegiance had indeed been notified in the Russian official gazette number 49 of the 20th of May, 1889. But besides this, Conrad is obliged to apply for the consent of the governor of the province where he was born before he could enter Russian territory without difficulty. The three years that had passed since he had been naturalized as an English subject had not been enough to enable him to regularize his situation in the land of the Tsars. So he wanted to see his uncle Thaddeus. Uh, you know, he could not uh, get to Poland. His, his uh, uncle was in, in poor health. And so essentially what happened is Conrad had months on his hand, months of leisure on his hand, and the reason why um, uh, Gigi and Aubrey brings this out is this sounds so much exactly like Marlowe uh, when he opens his tale on the heart of darkness. Now, I just want to read you a quote from the heart of darkness. It says, I had then, as you remember, just returned to London after a lot of Indian Ocean, Pacific, China seas, a regular dose of the East, six years or so, and I was loafing about hindering you fellows in your work and invading your homes, just as though I had got a heavenly mission to civilize you. It was very fine for a time, but after a bit I did get tired of resting. Then I began to look for a ship. I should think the hardest work on earth, but the ships wouldn't even look at me, and I got tired of that game too. And so so you can see that this is, this is an, an exact picture of what, uh, Conrad was experiencing when he when he quit you know uh, running ships you know in the south or or the east I should say uh, but uh, uh, you know he he uh, he wanted out of that and he wanted to do something different. Now um, uh, here's what Gigi Narbri says about about him as well. It says days and months passed without bringing any hope of a command. Captain Korzanowski loafed about the town. He often journeyed to the city from Beesborough Gardens, where he was lodging, and visited his friends Adolf Cricker in the offices of Bar, Mooring & Company in Camel Street, or else went to see whether uh, his kind Captain Fraud, the obling secretary to the Master's Association, Fenwick Church, could not unearth him a job. And so, so days and months had passed, and uh, what, what's interesting is, if, if you remember, uh, or maybe if, if you've already started reading uh, A Heart of Darkness, and if you haven't, it'd be good if you could start it. But, but essentially, uh, Marlowe, who helps Marlowe find a job? It was an ant. And actually, Conrad has an ant, <laughs> you know, in, in uh, Europe. Now, it doesn't mean that she got him a job. But the thing is, you can see how he he would borrow the character. So so anyway, that's that's one of one of the things from his life, and so uh, uh, you know it, it it is kind of interesting. But it was during this time 
that he was had all this time on his hands. This is the time where he began the idea of thinking that he was going to become a writer. Now, again, uh, he says it's like, it's like he had two lives. And uh, here's what he says about this time period. Now, this is not uh, this is not in Heart of Darkness, but this is in uh, his own. Uh, he, he has a biography he wrote called A Personal Record. And uh, listen to what he says about this time period. I mean, he was, he's, you got to think about this. He's absolutely bored out of his gourd because he can't do anything he wants to do. And so in a personal record, he writes, he says, I never made a note of a fact of an impression or an anecdote in my life. The conception of a planned book was entirely outside my mental range when I sat down to write. The ambition of being an author had never turned up amongst these gracious imaginary existences one creates fondly for oneself at times in the stillness and immobility of a daydream. And so, so uh, uh, you know, he, he does begin to write. Now, um, uh, but then he does get his command and he does go, you know, into the Congo. And so uh, 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 one other thing I think that maybe we could bring out here um, in, in Heart of Darkness, Marlowe uh, also talks, you know, something very similar to this. It says, uh, I have a lot of relations living on the continent. So, so in other words, uh, you know, obviously he did have an uncle, he did have an aunt. He said, I am sorry to own I began to worry them. This was already a fresh departure for me. I was not used to get things that way, you know. I always went on my own road and my own legs where I had a mind to go. Now that is a little bit about uh, like the old Marlowe from youth. It says, I wouldn't have believed it of myself, but then, you see, I felt somehow I must get here by hook or by crook. So I worried them. The men said, my dear fellow, and did nothing. Then you would, would you believe it? I tried the women. I, try, I Charlie Marlowe, set the woman to work and to get a job. He said, well, you see, the notion drove me. I had an aunt, a dear enthusiastic soul. She wrote, it will be delightful. I am ready to do anything, anything for you. I know the wife of a very high personage in the administration and also a man who has lots of influence with. And so, so you're seeing, I, you see there that G. John Aubrey brings out how he used segments of his own life. It's not exactly from his life, but uh, uh, he still... Uh, I think it's going to be a a good addition to covering Heart of Darkness. Well, that's all the time we have for today's program. Next time, we'll continue some background uh, discussion for Joseph Conrad's novella, Heart of Darkness. And now you can buy Heart of Darkness at Amazon.com. You may be able to find a good used copy at abebooks.com. You may also be able to find a copy in your local bookstore. Of course, you can also check your local library. So please write me any comments you may have to jbl at pcog.org. You can follow JBL on Twitter at jbliterature1. You can also follow JBL on Facebook. Simply search for just the best literature. So until next time, keep reading. You've been listening to Just the Best Literature on Trumpet Radio, 101.3 KPCG. Streaming online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.